Welcome back, everyone. We are so excited to be here for another episode of The Spirit of Haggard. I am your host, Jody Lynch Findlay, and we have two very special guests with us today from outside the gates of Haggard Equine Medical Institute. And we're going to take an industry perspective look today with two partner organizations that uh, represent our industry both locally and nationally. And we are excited to have Hallie Hardy with Horse Country and Anise Mount Pleasure with Amplify Horse Racing. Ladies, thanks for being here today. Thank you so much for having us. I'm really excited to be on. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Awesome. Well, we always want to get started with a little introduction so that our listeners can know a little bit more about our guests and kind of who you are and where you're coming from. So I'll ask both of you to, to just give us a, a little bit more about just that, you know, what you do and why you do it. So Anise, I'll, I'll start with you. Awesome. Well, I'm the president and co-founder of Amplify Horse Racing, which is a 501c3 nonprofit that promotes education and careers in the thoroughbred industry to youth and young adults. So we are still a relatively new organization. We do consider ourselves national, although we have been piloted here in Kentucky for the past two years in, in 2021 and throughout 2022, working in conjunction with the Kentucky Equine Education Project Foundation. So next year we will be national on a much broader basis, doing a lot more programming outside of Kentucky, but we've already done a lot of great work here in the bluegrass. Awesome. That's so exciting. And I will, before I forget, I want to point out if we use the word keep, there's always acronyms, right? So you mentioned the Kentucky Equine Education Project Foundation. So a lot of people are very familiar with KEEP as the KEEP Alliance, and they work more on the legislative and lobbying side of representing the economic interests of the equine industry here in Kentucky. The KEEP Foundation uh, works more in terms of workforce and education and promoting that youth and young adult uh, and just general involvement in the equine industry from a, a workforce standpoint. Fantastic. Uh, I can't wait to get into all that is Amplify and all that you're doing. So this is, this is fantastic. And I hope that our listeners can tell how excited I am to talk about these topics. My passion is always, you know, inspiring, engaging and educating young folks to come to uh, the bluegrass and to be involved in the equine industry. And so there are just so many doors I think we don't even know exist. And what a perfect example of that. Hallie, I'll jump over to you and let's give our listeners a little bit of your background and uh, horse country. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm Hallie Hardy. I'm the executive uh, director of Horse Country, Inc. I just started in February, so hopefully I'll be able to answer everybody's questions correctly. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm gung-ho. I'm, I'm here to promote horse country as, as much as I can. But I am originally from Kentucky. I'm from Frankfort, Kentucky, um, and a, a very passionate Kentuckian, as well as a lover of horses and all things uh, racing and, and equine industry. So, um, yeah, so Horse Country started really um, with a coalition of farms and other equine entities like Haggard here in central Kentucky um, to try to, you know, gain the attention and to show fans more than just what they see on race day, to give them an opportunity to learn more about the care uh, and, you know, love that goes into raising these these athletes, um, primarily with a focus on thoroughbred racing, but that has grown over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, so that started really back in 2014. We got organized in 2015, started giving tours uh, at our member locations in 2016. And, you know, big kudos to my predecessor um, and to get uh, you know a tourism organi- organization through COVID um, you know we were lucky to find that giving tours outside you know quickly became a popular uh, attraction if you will um, so with Breeders Cup uh, back in Kentucky and in, in this year in 2022 and hopefully continuing to return to central Kentucky in coming years um, you know our future is, is really right coming out of COVID. And I feel very fortunate to be in this role, one, because I love this industry and I love horses, but also being a proud Kentuckian and being able to really show people what we do here in central Kentucky. 
I love it. And and that really does speak to that original partnership, right? So here we are at Haggard and, you know, on this spirit of Haggard, it was so important to this team to highlight these kinds of partnerships and what they are giving to the industry and in trying to encourage folks that are have an interest to participate. And Boy Horse Country was really one of the first on the scene to do that and open the doors of these farms that others haven't been able to see. And, you know, not to mention getting to see some of our favorite horses and get some photos with them as well. So uh, so that's exciting. So before we really jump into both of these important organizations, ladies, let's talk about your career in equine. So how did you get here? You know, you both just barely touched on that, but let's really talk about your journey to this role. So I'll jump back over to you, Anise, and and tell us, you know, your journey. Thank you, Jody, for touching on that, because I feel like my journey uh, and that of my co-founder on Amplify, Madison Scott, uh, both of our journeys, I should say, have been kind of reflective of what we want to continue to build with Amplify and why it came to be, Uh, and I'll kind of explain that as we go along. But unlike Hallie, I am a transplant to Kentucky, so I grew up near Fargo, North Dakota, and became interested in the thoroughbred industry after seeing the movie Ruffian when I was 12 years old. I already loved horses. I was very involved in 4-H, showing my pony Ginger in the 4-H horse project and being involved in uh, hippology and horse knowledge ball and all of the amazingly nerdy uh, horse girl things. And after seeing Ruffian, it was just like something clicked in my brain and I thought I need to be involved in the thoroughbred industry. It was something about the passion of the people for the horses and just that incredible connection and the storylines that you see. I was very fortunate to grow up near a teeny tiny racetrack called the North Dakota Horse Park. So for many years, that was my one connection to racing, and then I was able to get involved in the uh, American quarter horse racing world. They have some amazing scholarships and some incredible programs to connect youth to racing, and that kind of set off a domino effect of internships, of being able to intern for the American Quarter Horse Association in Amarillo, Texas, uh, intern at Canterbury Park, learned how to gallop, got involved in journalism, interned for the Saratoga Special in upstate New York. After graduating from North Dakota State, the connections I'd made through the Saratoga Special led to me moving to Kentucky and interning for Phasic Tipton, Keeneland, and Millridge Farm before going on to do the Godolphin Flying Start program. So there hadn't really been, or hasn't to this point, I should say, been this very streamlined pathway for a youth that wants to get involved in the thoroughbred industry to, okay, here's your step one starting point. So really the impetus of Amplify was kind of geared towards being that step one or creating a step one for youth to be able to come to this first step organization and then have a more uh, cohesive, streamlined way of, you know, finding step two, three, and four, and then eventually being able to get more involved in the industry. Incredible. Wow. You have a lot of very interesting, like stories within themselves, you know, your internships and your travel, um, winters in North Dakota. Maybe that's a whole nother time. Like sometimes, you know, for me, winters in Kentucky, central Kentucky can be hard enough, but um, I would probably trade Kentucky for North Dakota, certainly when it came to winter. So, oh boy, it's that 30 below weather, you know, and you're going out to take care of horses and it's that cold. I can't say I miss that piece of it, but there really is the the people there have this very lovely welcoming nature about them so i do miss the people don't miss the winters okay I'll, yes yeah. that's fair that yeah. is fair i love it so hallie give us your journey then through through that kind of childhood and transition student to professional mm-hmm. yeah absolutely so i i grew up uh riding and showing saddlebreds so while well, i'm from kentucky riding saddlebreds you know compared to the thoroughbred industry it might as well have been from fargo not to go to very, very different things um, but I was lucky uh, to have, you know, some family who loved going to the races. I mean, really didn't know what they were doing, but loved going to, to be there and participate in Kingland. Um, and just 
you know, throughout my childhood knew that I wanted to be working with horses. Um, and unfortunately had a little bit of a, a bad experience with the first horse we really purchased for me to be able to like take that next step up into showing. And so kind of just wasn't enjoying showing as much anymore, really kind of stopped riding. And uh, as I was going through high school, I was thinking, what am I going to do with my life? Uh, knew I wanted to work with horses. One day was racing at Kingland and kind of looked up and was like, there are a lot of people working here. But, you know, this, this is something maybe I should look into. Um, so ended up going to the University of Kentucky and participated in their equine program, um, which was phenomenal. It's a, 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 great, um, a great program altogether. But one of the greatest benefits is you're here in Lexington and you can get a lot of um, work experience as well. Um, so I ended up working for Three Chimneys on one of their broodmare divisions. I had another job at a smaller farm for a short period of time, also with mares and foals, and then ended up at Windstar Farm in their office um, and did just about everything, which was eye-opening. But my main role was to give the tours. So before Horse Country existed, some farms, you know, you had to really look for it, but offered tours. So at Windstar, we had tours Monday, Wednesday, Fridays at 1 p.m. And if you called, you know, we'd add your name onto the roster. Um, and I just, I loved that. I mean, more than I would have ever expected. Being able to share our industry with people. I mean, these are people, you know, some diehard fans, you know, who are coming to see Tis Now and Super Saver, but some people who are like, I was just driving by and thought I'd see if you guys offered tours. And so yeah. to be able to empower people, like, yes, we take incredible care of them. And here's the process of breeding and how you submit your mare. And, you know, people are just blown away by the intricacies that go on in our, in our industry. Um, so that was a phenomenal experience. And that was throughout um, my time in college. While I was interning at UK, I was taking a marketing class. Um, sorry, interning at Winstar. I was taking a marketing class at UK and learned about a new initiative called America's Best Racing that the Jockey Club had just started off the back of that McKinsey report in 2011 that said we were losing fans at a pretty rapid um, pace. And they were looking for six brand ambassadors to travel around the country on a bus to promote horse racing. And I was like, sign me up. <laughs> you know, where do I apply? Uh, so I was very fortunate to be, uh, to be hired as one of those brand ambassadors. We started in 2013 and we went, um, started at South by Southwest just to, you know, try to be there, gain attention. You know, people are coming, passing us going like horse racing. What are you guys talking about? But so got, you know, a lot of great attention and then traveled around to pretty much every major grade one race um, throughout the calendar year. And it was you know, along the lines of giving those tours, like just connecting with people. We hosted people at the races. You know, we did kind of some fun, you know, engaging things in, in each market where we went. Um, and it was just incredible. And uh, they have continued America's Best Racing is still around. Um, as I was wrapping that up, I was thinking, I want... I want to come back to an America's Best Racing eventually. You know, I want to be marketing our sport at a grand scale, but I feel like I have a lot more to learn. Um, so after I, we wrapped up with America's Best Racing, um, I applied and was accepted onto the Irish National Stud breeding course. Um, also, like Anise went on to do the Flying Start. I was a bit ahead of her, but we won't, you know, we don't have to qualify that. I, don't, I didn't have to right. say that. <laughs> <laughs> But so as I did the Flying Start and then was lucky, I, I have uh, had some great experiences since Flying Start to, to continue to learn uh, a lot and honestly would have liked to have stayed in a couple of those jobs a little bit longer, but opportunities came and presented themselves. And uh, so here I am now at Horse Country, still really following that passion from when I was a, an intern at UK, giving tours and just trying to share our industry with people as best as possible. I love those stories. And I think that's just really important for our listeners because, you know, for me, even as a horse girl from Maryland. And I remember that first trip to the Kentucky Horse Park. And last last night even, I was driving out of the horse park and I'm like, you know, I, I, am, I am one lucky girl. And so I think it's just truly important how far each of our journeys, your journeys have taken you um, in this industry. And so for these two, you know, organizations that Haggard partners so closely with, uh, that's, it's just a tremendous opportunity for our listeners to understand the depth and the width and the breadth of 
this industry, not only in Lexington, but to your point nationally as well and internationally. Both of you have participated in international programs also. So wonderful. Well, let's get into maybe what I call the meat and potatoes. I think our listeners want to learn a little bit more about what is horse country and what is Amplify. So um, let's do kind of a technical dive into what the horse country, we'll start there um, since since that organization has been around a little bit longer. Longer. And so let's open the door to horse country, Hallie, and tell our listeners what, what it is you do. Absolutely. So just kind of base facts. We are, we are a 501c6 not-for-profit member organization. Um, so, uh, you know, I always use the caveat that we're essentially the equine industry's attempt to copy the bourbon trail, right? To set up to let people know who are coming into town or, or you know, local community members that our farms are here for you to take visitors, to take yourself, to go engage and to learn more about this industry. Um, The equine industry as a whole, again, we have primarily thoroughbred breeding farms, but we also have Spy Coast Farm, which is a, you know, a world-renowned performance um, sport horse training and breeding farm. Um, Obviously, we have the clinics here too. Um, So, Really, Horse Country is here to market the tours, to make sure you know about them. Uh, we handle a lot of the customer service, and we host the, the booking platform. So you book tickets through our website, visithorsecountry.com. But it's really our members that make Horse Country what it is, because it's our members who welcome guests, who bring guests onto the tour, who tell them their stories, um, and really educate them about what they do. Um, so I think I mentioned earlier, but we, we started really in about – Around 2014, really, Horse Country started to get some legs. But initially, there were two separate groups who were working on the idea. Um, one was uh, Price and Heedley Bell from Mill Ridge Farm. Um, you know, you know, Price is a, a young guy. He would have friends from college come out to the farm. You know, they'd go out to Kingland, and all of his friends would say, like, this is incredible. Like, this is amazing. Do you all do this outside of your family and friends? And so Price and Healy were like, well, no, but we should, you know, trying to start to figure that out. Uh, And then opposite them was Brutus Clay from Runnymede Farm and then Dr. Luke Fallon here at Haggard's who um, Brutus wrote a a white paper and was working with um, Dr. Fallon on, you know, how does this get legs? And fortunately for us, they came together. And as they say, the the rest is history. Um, They actually... In 2014, they engaged Disney, who came up to Lexington, Kentucky. Um, They had a small group of consultants who went on a couple tours, um, met with, we actually call them the mule team. So (laughs) Heathley, Bryce, Dr. Fallon, and Brutus, they were our our mule team, you know, if you will, that got us off the ground, did all the hard work, if you will, pulling everybody along. Um, So they met, Disney met with them and said, we really think you have something here. Um, You know, here's what we recommend for next steps. Um, They went out and did some fundraising and got everybody together. Um, Primarily started, I think there were about 10 farms at that point in time um, who all traveled down to Disney and learned how you you welcome people, how you give an experience, um, you know, what the takeaways should be for them. Um, And, and then, you know, our members got back here together and got started. Um, We originally started giving tours in 2015 when the Breeders' Cup uh, came for the first time to Kingland. Um, We had 30 members who were on board. Um, Over those years, we now officially have 24 members who are giving tours. So again, that covers, you know, your major stallions, stations, um, you know, some of the nurseries and consigners here, includes Haggard and Root and Riddle. It includes um, hallway feeds. um, And most importantly, in my mind, a lot of aftercare facilities as well. So new vocations, um, the Secretariat Center out the horse park, um, the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation up in Louisville, they have a location, um, and the Kentucky Equine Adoption Center as well. So really, you can come experience the whole life cycle of a horse through horse country. Um, and it's, it really is incredible. The feedback we get again, because a lot of people who come through here don't know a lot about horses. Of course, we get your diehard fans that, you know, they, they want to see, you know, I'm going to put my Godolphin hat on. They want to see essential quality or, you know, whoever it might be, they want to see a certain horse. Um, we also have people who are passing through Kentucky, you know, with Interstate 64 and 75, and they're like, well, I wonder what we can do. Or obviously the bourbon tours have been incredibly popular. They welcomed, I think it was 1.7 million guests through their doors yeah. in 2021, which is insane. Um, so that kind of bourbon and horses concept. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get a lot of people who come through who know nothing about the equine industry, but walk away knowing a lot. And they love 
that engagement and that knowledge. Plus, the best part is most at most of our locations, you get to get up close and personal with a horse, which I would imagine a lot of people listening to this podcast know the power of that. Absolutely. And that's just it, right? They walk away, to your point, they walk away just in awe and fascinated by what goes on here. And even from my own perspective, I'm from Maryland. My family is not from here. And I I find myself on airplanes and in different places when people ask where I'm from and I say Kentucky. I know I'm from Maryland, but I still say Kentucky. But, you know, we, we talk about that and I'm all the time encouraging folks. It, I don't care if you like like bourbon and I don't care if you like horses take a bourbon tour and take a horse farm tour because it is an experience like no other so I do appreciate and as I mentioned have utilized horse country Um, so when you go to visit horsecountry.com it's such a great experience on the website to look at what your options are and choose where you might like to go and what the times are available and you know bring my mom is probably one that has had the most enjoyment out of you know taking some of those tours so that's fantastic we'll we'll get back to a few more details certainly but let's jump over to you Anise and talk about amplify horse racing and let's let's give our listeners really kind of again that open door look to what the amplify horse racing um, organization is what your objective is who's your target audience yeah so the beginning of amplify was maybe not quite as um, strategically coordinated as the beginning of horse country. It more so started with a, you know, can we do this? We see a need here for more youth engagement in the industry. And actually looking back, uh, I was on the Flying Start program in 2019 when uh, there were a lot of breakdowns happening at Santa Anita Park, and it was kind of a, a a dark time for our industry of looking at, you know, how can we continue to improve and make sure that we are, um, you know, serving the horse as well as we can, and and still promoting all the positivity that we have because there is a, there are a lot of beautiful things happening in the industry through things such as horse country and that connection to the animal. So my co-founder, Madison Scott, and I, and I should mention, she's originally from Austin, Texas, and got into the industry by uh, just by accident turning on the TV and watching Smarty Jones lose the Belmont and decided she had to get into horse racing and kind of followed that winding journey. So we sat down and thought, you know, how can we as young people do something uh, in a grassroots way to kind of rally together other young people to promote positivity within the industry? Yeah, and I just not to speak over you, but I remember that in 2019, I was working for Godolphin at the time and Anise and Madison both reached out to a group of peers that were just like, okay, come here at this time and let's just talk. And we had a giant whiteboard and we were just talking about how do we, how do we change this narrative um, and be engaged and let the industry know that there are young people who care and want to be engaged. It was incredible. Yeah. Amen. Thank you for adding that in. And so it felt very unclear from the beginning of what it was going to become. And I remember going through times uh, as trying to envision what the future of Amplify would be, feeling very confused and frustrated of what does this need to be to best serve the industry. And it's ended up growing into something far bigger than I could have ever imagined. And really is kind of forming a continuum of engagement. So Uh, We took on several grassroots pilot projects at the beginning, one of which was working with Keeneland's College Scholarship Day to promote some enhanced engagement of these students that are coming to the track to try to win scholarships. For many of them, it's their first time having any experience with the industry, but it was kind of lacking the educational component of making sure they had that solid connection to the sport and understanding of what actually goes on behind the scenes to make sure that they come back and are you know, repeat visitors at the racetrack. Another thing that I took on that is something we still do today is uh, behind the scenes uh, educational tours of Saratoga Racecourse, which I'll talk more about later on, but that was something where we wanted to amplify an existing tour structure that was already in place. The New York Racing Association already does these fun behind the scenes trolley tours in the morning. 
And we've taken that and expanded upon it and really built it into an all-day careers-focused tour. So from the beginning, we didn't want to overshadow any existing educational programs that were in place. We wanted to be able to amplify, and that's where the name comes from, the existing positive programs, educational initiatives, uh, training programs that people could go through, college programs, ways that were first step experiences or, or somewhere along that journey into the industry. We wanted to promote that, build upon it, and then fill in the dots along the way. So I took on Amplify as my, for, for Flying Star, Godolphin Flying Star, you basically have to have a capstone project, a business plan. And so to give us a little bit more direction in where we were going, because up until that point, it was kind of like throwing spaghetti at a wall to see what would stick, took it on as my business plan, did a lot of customer discovery, talking to people who are already working in the industry and outside of the industry about you know what made it easier for you to get involved, what would you like to see, what do we need to have more of. And it's now grown into what I hope will become uh, the industry's recognized national platform to get youth and young adults involved. So working collaboratively with other organizations, continuing to amplify their existing structures, and then connecting the dots through programs such as Amplify Junior, which is a, a children's initiative we launched this year with the help of My Racehorse. We do equine careers tours with the Keep Foundation. We started a mentorship program, which is has been and will continue to be our signature program to really connect the dots. And kind of tying it back to the beginning, what Hallie mentioned that, you know, bringing together young professionals that are already in the industry, Hallie and I are working on hopefully starting a young professionals aspect of uh, Amplify and being able to have connections to other organizations through that to bring together young people that are already working in the industry, maybe want to see and learn about areas for advancement, develop connections, make new friends, you know, meet people who can become mentors. So there's a lot ahead. It's all starting to really come together. This was finally the year where I was like, wow, this really did come together from something that felt really grassroots, really unclear from the beginning, just having that desire for youth involvement. It's now like, we're making this happen. We're doing it. And that's exactly what our listeners want to hear, right, is is the story behind how did we get into this industry and how are we doing what we're doing, right? And so there's a great deal of interest in that. So I'll ask the question, was it, was it always equine? Were you always going to have a career in equine? Was there a moment? Was there questions from family? Are you crazy? What are you doing? Like, how do you have a career in the equine industry and was that always the plan yes so i'll answer that first yes it really was um you know i always moments of you know oh could i do this or could i do this and anytime that i'd spend time on anything else i'd miss being around horses you know it really is first and foremost the horse as to why i'm here now of course I don't get to see actual horses that much anymore. Um, but, you know, the beauty of going out to some of our member locations, I'll make any excuse to drive out there. But, yes, absolutely the horse. I was lucky. My, my family was really supportive. Um, you know, I think growing up here in central Kentucky, again, they were able to really see that in practice um, and with some, you know, being at Kingland and things of that nature. So they were always very supportive in that space. Um, but, Yes, for me it always was. And it was always Yeah, you know, sometimes I love being like, well, if we can't figure this out, maybe I'll go do something else. But But there's no no way. I'm still here. It's fine. (laughs) Anise? Gosh, it was really funny. I can't remember this, but apparently as a tiny child, before I liked horses, I was really into lions. So I guess I maybe learned that lion tamer was not in the cards. And so something more achievable came up, which is horses. No, my mom uh, loved horses as well. And she'd always wanted to have a horse of her own and never had that opportunity growing up. So Somehow, once I did become a horse-crazy child, don't know how that seed got planted in my mind, she did a lot to cultivate that, and, and my dad as well. But I remember 
you know, small bits and pieces from my childhood, like reading the book King of the Wind by Marguerite Henry mm. and, um, you know, Misty of Cinquetague and the Black Stallion books and Pony Pal. So really reading was a big part of what cultivated that interest. And then I also distinctly remember my mom still had newspaper clippings from when Secretariat won the Triple Crown when she was a 12-year-old. So it was really wild to me that she was so passionate about racing in her own way. And then it was around 12 years old that I picked up the racing thing. But yeah, exactly the same as Hallie. There was no question in my mind that horses were going to be some part of my career. Initially, I thought I wanted to be a veterinarian. Mm -hmm. And then when I learned about horse racing, I thought the only career that was for me would be jockey. (laughs) (laughs) I like like chocolate way too much (laughs) to ever give that up. So then fortunately, uh, the director of media relations at the North Dakota Horse Park took me under his wing because I was clearly not going to be a jockey and kind of got me on the media route. And now I dabble in media and education. Here we are. Yeah. And here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, my parents moved uh, a couple years back now. And uh, of course, my mom had saved like everything we rode on. So first and foremost, a lot of very bad horse drawings. (laughs) But I also came across my uh, college application letter and it was essentially like I want to work in this industry that's connected to the horse and to Kentucky and I like honestly I cried at the time I was like I still care about this so much you know and it was that was a nice reflection point altogether oh that's amazing yes thanks to the moms for keeping those important (laughs) pieces of our of (laughs) our lives right (laughs) to remind us so um given the stage you know that both of you are in your career I I do want to drill down a little bit more on horse country internships and amplify the mentorship program so let's Let's jump into those maybe more specifically and you know we've covered interns in, in you know in speaking with ha- the Haggard team here it is a huge part of our industry and certainly you know here in central Kentucky so let's talk with you Hallie about the internship opportunities with horse country specifically yeah can you tell us more absolutely and I, I'd like to kind of just caveat it all together to say you know I've I have had, I spoke to the UK equine careers class last week and had a lot of questions. Um, and I think what is great and what Amplify is helping to highlight is there are just, there's so many things to go do. And I would highly encourage young people to go spend time in every aspect of the industry if possible, because it's all connected. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've spent about six, no less than that, about four months on the racetrack and I wouldn't trade that time for the world. Now I'm not going to get up at 4am every morning for the rest of my life. It's not who I am, but I'm so grateful for that time because it's helped me where I am now. Um, but specifically to horse country. Um, so yeah, we have, we are regularly taking on, on interns. Um, we have one right now who is, you know, the main goal of our internship is to help with our customer service. Um, So answering phones, replying to emails and things of that nature. Um, But then from there, we're really looking to tailor it to what the interest of the intern, um, what interest they have. Uh, So our current intern, she also helps give tours out at Millridge Farm. Um, And then she's kind of a little bit more on the um, kind of data-driven side. So we have great intake of information through our booking platform. It's called Any Road. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's kind of helping me collate some things, making some predictions on, you know, some marketing ideas maybe we should we should pursue and kind of how to best follow up with some of our customers because that's really where her interests lie. But she's also helped us with some content on the website. Um, and we are looking for part-time help right now. So again, the the main focus is on that customer service aspect, um, but we hope to be able to tailor the internship. You know, if if somebody is more, you know, kind of marketing driven, you know, helping us with our our website, I think our website is great, but has a lot of improvements to make. And the content is number one in that space. So writing blogs, contributing itineraries, helping with our social media, you know, that really owned media space is where we need a lot of help. And then going into 2023, we'll be having a lot of community engagement uh, events throughout the year. So helping with some event planning, participating in those events. You know, we've been out at Sunrise Trackside at Kingland um, with a sensory activity for young kids. Um, So, you know, there are always going to be little bits and bobs that come up, but we really want to be able to tailor 
the internship to the interest of the students. So if they are interested in giving tours, you know, we have members who are looking for help as well. Um, and we can always kind of provide extra opportunities um, in that space too. And you know, the most important part is knowing if we're asking you to handle customer service, you need to know who our members are, right? Most people are calling to say, what tour should I go on? What do you recommend most? Um, so we try to get our interns out onto the farms, get them meeting everybody so they can speak intelligently when they're asked those questions. So, um, you know, we're, we're unique. Horse country is very unique, but yeah. you're going to get to touch pretty much every major equine operation in central Kentucky through horse country. Wow. And that is that that speaks to the variety of opportunities. So what about the length of time on your internships? What is there a structure there? You know, we don't really have a, a structure there. Um, to, to be honest, we'd love to, to keep them around while they're in school. You know, I, I'll be f- fully honest at this point in time, we're probably not going to bring on another full time person right now. I really hope for us to be able to do that in the future for my sanity. Um, but so in the short term, we'll be looking for those part term part-time positions. So, you know, if, you know, what I would say as well, and I I feel this way because I was that intern at one point in time. So, you know, our current intern, if she kind of looks up one day, I think she's interested in in law long-term. So, you know, we have some great relationships in town. If she, if she's like, Hey, I'd really like to go get some new experience. We're going to help her along that path. Um, So that to say, if it's a semester, if it's a year, um, we're definitely willing to to work with the intern as to whatever best best fits, um, you know, their time. Great. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, you heard it here. So visit horsecountry.com and you can reach out to Hallie at any time as well to answer questions. But, you know, just so much going on and the partnerships here, again, it just comes back to uh, relationships, connections and partnerships, just like that of Haggard and Horse Country. Absolutely. And I'll say that, you know, when I was younger, a lot of people, and you still hear it sometimes now, a lot of people say, oh, well, you have to know somebody. And it's just not true. You have to you might have to reach out and make yourself available. Like when I first reached out to Three Chimneys, I didn't know anybody, but I had availability in my class schedule and I showed up and I worked my tail off. And then I knew somebody, you know, the farm manager was ready to recommend me because I showed up and I did my job well. Um, And I think, hopefully Anise can back me up on this. I I think our industry is really open to to young people coming in and learning. you, sometimes it's just now with Amplify coming around, it'll be much more simple to get connected to people. Right. Um, but you have to put yourself out there first and foremost. I agree. You need to work at networking and, and work at meeting people um, to grow your network as you make that transition from student to professional. But it truly does come from how much heart and hustle you're willing to put into what we're doing. So. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So, Anise, let's dive into the mentorship program that Amplify has available. Yeah, this is a very good connection to what you guys were talking about with the heart and hustle and relationships and the importance of developing relationships, but also having the work to put into or putting in the work to really back that up. So, going back to when I was doing my business plan uh, on Amplify, I reached out to a lot of people to ask them about their personal journeys in the industry and what made the difference between them uh, being able to get involved and what made it easier in the process. And a lot of people organically, as we get started in our jobs, and Hallie, I know you've experienced this, is you know you establish mentors along the way or people who have a lot of faith in you. They want to see you succeed. You can develop a really good rapport or friendship of sorts. And there's somebody both personally and professionally that you can go back to and feel comfortable asking advice or asking about job opportunities. You know, in my case, especially, they were employers that I had worked for. I made a really good impression and they were very eager to try to help me advance in my uh, career. But the industry as a whole, when it comes to making those connections, I've found that when um, the industry gives advice on how to make those connections, like I've listened to various other podcasts where I hear people say, well, just uh, just send an email. You know, if you want to get involved, just, you know, send an email to that organization or reach out to somebody on Twitter, you know, send them uh, a DM. So on one hand, we have 
uh, it's been shown through you know my research and conversations that mentorship is really important but we're giving this really vague advice to newcomers on how to actually establish that mentor you know some people don't really even know enough about the big players in the industry or who's involved in the industry to feel comfortable reaching out so we wanted to establish a formalized way a formalized mentorship program of pairing these youth and young adults who have an interest in being involved and working in the industry with established industry professionals who can help to offer them guidance Um, because yes you can pursue an internship you can pursue a job but one of the things we found was that some of these uh, mentees don't even quite know enough to be pursuing that job yet so the passion and the interest is there but they needed that additional connection and support uh, and somebody to be able to kind of talk them through the process of the resources in the industry that are available how do you find internships because to this point they're kind of scattered you know i have a lot of people who share them with me there's various job boards but for someone who's just getting into it they don't even know where to look so the mentorship program is a three-month hybrid program the past two years we've piloted it amongst 18 to 25 year olds we wanted to work with that you know college to post-grad group uh, before we really got into working with under 18s you know working with minors and some of the protections you have to have in place for youth and they apply the potential mentees fill out an application they go through an interview process and they really have to show that they have a strong interest in working in the industry and that they're going to have the commitment to meeting with someone consistently over the course of three months there's no academic requirements we will take someone who wants to pursue a PhD uh, and we'll take someone who has no interest in you know going through another educational program after high school they want to go directly into the workforce and be hands-on in some capacity all are welcome in this program uh, as long as they show that they have the ambition there are also are no uh, geographic or transportation barriers because it's a hybrid program. They can work with their mentor in person or virtually or a combination of both, which is the case for many of them. In terms of the mentors, they also fill out an application. Uh, they specify what area of the industry they feel most comfortable talking about so we can try to pair them with their mentee based on compatibility of interests, geographic proximity, things like that. And then the mentors also go through a background check. Amplify provides training materials. We provide the initial introduction where we share the mentee's resume with their mentor. We share the mentor's bio so they actually have that info before they meet. We facilitate a uh, in-person or face-to-face introduction over Zoom. And then we give them the resources to take it from there. So for those three months, it's really between the pairs to set up their meetings. We provide you know, conversation topics, training materials, suggested places they can meet. Uh, and then I check in on a monthly basis. And we're actually gearing up right now for our end of year Q&A, where we bring together all the mentors and mentees that we've facilitated this year. They get to expand their networks to a wider group of people. And then, you know, hopefully put out the feelers for jobs and next steps and internships to take it from here. That's incredible. So uh, about how many pairs did you have for this year on the mentorship program? Last year, we started with 12. This year, we had 24. So we doubled it, which was great. And then the goal for next year will be 50. So this year, we had a rolling application where anybody, uh, any potential mentees could apply anytime throughout the year. That proved to have some challenges because everybody wanted to apply right as the application opened and then right at our cutoff for the end because uh, I don't like to run the matches into the holidays with trying to meet with holidays coming up. So next year, there will be a spring application period and a fall application period. And I'm hoping to be able to match 25 people in the spring, 25 in the fall, and then maybe have an actual live in-person event for those groups at the end of the year next year. Incredible. And what about retention with your mentors? You know, are they... uh 
I would think that breathes some energy yes. into into our teams. Absolutely. We've, I have four main objectives for the mentorship program, which are all primarily centered around, you know, workforce and accessibility of the industry. But the way I try to boil them down is at the highest level, I want the mentees to leave the program having solidified their ambition to actually pursue a career or maybe they want to become an owner or you know even be a more educated fan and have tangible next steps as to how to do that but at the most basic level even if they don't want to have that involvement and they decide well I'm probably not going to work in the thoroughbred industry I want them to leave having a better understanding and a positive impression of the sport yeah incredible um, I am excited to watch this grow for sure. Uh, and, and I really did want to hone in on the internship, the mentorship programs for our listeners to really just understand the energy that we have in the industry. And so with that, I think that it's also we need to recognize it can be easy to hear and feel a great deal of negativity, whether that's economic negativity, whether that is, you know, the thoroughbred industry in general and the negativity that can sometimes come from segments like racing and otherwise. But I'll ask you both, you know, with that in mind, why do you think that the equine industry is still strong? Uh, It's a vibrant industry and bottom line, it's a great career choice that all three of us enjoy. So give us your take on why you think the industry continues to be strong and vibrant and why we want these, why we want people to come and see us and experience this. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think we were fairly uniquely positioned. When I say we, I mean the equine industry in general um, through COVID because people were looking for ways to get outdoors and to stay connected uh, and, and racing and really, I mean, even if you were going into another equine sport, um, you know, or discipline was, was right there, you know, ready for the taking. And then you add on the power of interacting with a horse behind that in whatever capacity it may be. Um, and I think a lot of people were like, this is incredible. I mean, what we learned from horse country's perspective in general, um, you know, we started giving virtual tours. Our members started giving tours via Zoom and on like the Facebook platforms like that. And the engagement was out of this world. Um, you know, especially we have some old screenshots of some of the Zooms and it's literally, you know, tons of people and then horses right there in the middle. And, you know, I mean, that, that outreach and engagement was incredible. And people were like, I didn't know that this was a thing or like, thank you so much for doing it. I didn't realize how desperately I needed this. Um, so I think, you know, we were a bit unique through the COVID, through the pandemic, um, to be well positioned for people to engage with us, which was great. Now I'll speak more kind of to central Kentucky. I mean, we touched on this earlier, like where else in the world can you go and have a nice glass of bourbon or tour a distillery if you don't want to drink the bourbon and see world-class equine facilities? There's, I mean, bourbon and horses, there's nowhere else in the world you can do that. And our landscape here is beautiful. We're, I, I can't remember the stats specifically, but I think it's somewhere, it's like 60 to 70. We are located within a day's drive of like 70% of the U.S. population here in central Kentucky. It's yeah. insane. So it's easy for people to get to us. It's easy for us to get out and, you know, spread the gospel of central Kentucky and of, of the equine industry here. Um, so... I, you know, if you don't believe it, come visit us because right. we'll, we'll show you. It's, uh, it's an incredible place. And I will also say on the backs of that, you know, places like Saratoga and, and Gulfstream and our, you know, our big events, you know, like the Preakness, you know, Pimlico knocks it out of the park every year for the Preakness. It is such a fun day of racing. It's phenomenal. Um, you know, Santa Anita, even Oaklawn Park now, like I feel like our industry, and I, again, I'm, I'm sorry to be speaking specifically to racing. That's where my, my background is. But, um, you know, we've really stepped up to the to the mark. Um, and I wouldn't say that we're perfect by any means. We always still have growth to have. But you're going to come and see good horses on the track, and you're going to have a good time at a lot of those places. Um, and so I think as an industry, we have to continue to hold that standard and, you know, continue to raise the standard. But I think uh, – 
yeah, I, I feel good about it all together, yeah. I'll say. And that's a good point, right? The standard of excellence. So the standard of excellence is high, and we love to teach and show off what these opportunities are. Um, so I, I love that. And then, you know, kind of from your perspective also, Anise, where are we when it, you know, when you look at the vibrancy of the equine industry and um, where we're going from here? There's so many things, like this is such a big question and I have so many offshoot things that I feel like I could, like tangents I could go off on about it. But, you know, off of Hallie's point on, you know, racing in different states and the the vibrancy of different aspects of the industry, I just think of the limitless potential of when you start with a job in the industry. You know, Hallie and I both started, I know I started uh, sweeping uh, aisles, barn aisles. You know, we both started cleaning stalls in some respect. Mm -hmm. And we both get to do really cool jobs. And we've had the chance to travel the world. And there's just such unlimited potential, Mm -hmm. um, partially based on the fact that it's a very global industry, Uh, you know, Breeders' Cup is a great example of that. Horses coming from all over the world to compete. And, you know, you can think of almost any number of countries, and they probably have some degree of horse racing. And there are so many opportunities for travel, both within the United States and abroad. And I guess on a more micro level, I just think of the there seems to be this movement towards mindfulness in the world. Like we're so overstimulated all the time with our phones and our computers. I mean, I spend probably nine hours a day between my phone and my computer and, and I hate that. And sometimes I just think about how great it would be to just go muck a stall. (laughs) And I think that the world, and as you mentioned, Hallie, with the pandemic, people seeking out outdoor activities, we're seeking that uh, opportunity to slow down and be more mindful and intentional about what we're doing. And I think that the horse industry offers that. You know, when you're caring for an animal, it's this very selfless experience. You're just thinking about the environment around you and the horse in front of you. And I think that there's something really special about that so yeah on a micro level opportunities for mindfulness on a you know big picture scale the limitless opportunities to travel and be involved in the industry in many different countries or states yeah so it 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 truly is a good choice for a career we get that question right we get that question oh my gosh like what's available what's out there there are there are plenty of opportunities so thank you both for highlighting those with with the passion and the energy that is clearly you know what has driven each of you to your success today so here we are at haggard i think you both have you know connections here certainly with the haggard team and this has been you know a another grassroots kind of an effort right to get the spirit of haggard off the ground for all the right reasons to highlight this clinic and the industry and central kentucky and the opportunities so tell us a little bit about your connection here to haggard and you know kind of kind of how you got here today specifically I mean, I think my first visit to Haggard, first and only visit up until today, was through Flying Start when we came here for a tour. And, you know, I have been very well aware of the hospital and, and its impact in the industry. But more recently, Dr. Rhonda Rathgaber had reached out to me with Amplify to talk about some of the struggles that the industry is facing in terms of recruitment and retention of staff. And I know that the veterinary world has really been struggling in that regard and to talk through ideas of, you know, why that's happening. But then she also told me about, you know, the start of this podcast or the idea going forward of what Haggard is doing internally to support staff and, you know, boost morale and to spread awareness to other students outreach through tours and uh we both bonded over the fact that we're both big podcast nerds that we always are driving in our car and there's some kind of podcast going on in the background 
And um, so Amplify also has its own podcast, the Amplify Horse Racing Podcast. So we were able to have Dr. Rathgaber on for a really amazing episode about um, her career and how she got involved in the industry. And then speaking about, you know, some of the uh, internal initiatives that are going on within Haggard to really give the veterinary world a boost and recruit students, retain staff. And we're happy to amplify that message. <laughs> yes, yeah, so same. I mean, my, my first interaction here, I, we might have come when I was at UK for a tour. I'm too old to remember, but I do remember being out here for... Um, with the Flying Start group, because Dr. Hunt was um, was doing a surgery, and it was, I mean, it was phenomenal. It was so cool. And then I think this dynamic changed a little bit, but when I was on um, Flying Start, you did a week with Haggard Vets, uh, riding around in the cars with them, going, um, you know, ride-alongs, which was just fascinating. I mean, Dr. Rathgaber was, was one of them, and, you know, talking about the acupuncture she does, which mm-hmm. is like, hey, again, like, equine acupuncture? What are you talking about? Like, yes, that exists in our industry. These yes. are, you know, high-performing athletes. That is something that's incredibly important. Um, and I, I really enjoyed my time there. I mean, I remember when I was at, at, at UK thinking, oh, I'll be a farm manager or a trainer or a vet, and thought maybe I'd be a vet. Thank God there are other options, because that would have I would have never passed vet school. Um, but really, in, in my position now, I mean, obviously it was phenomenal to spend that time on the flying start and every farm that I've worked for, you know, there's been a a Haggard, um, you know, repro vet, a reproduction vet that's been on site and how engaging, you know, as a young person that they were, you know, I'm sitting there, I love Denise said, you know, started cleaning stalls. I always joke, I got my graduate degree in picking up horse poop. Yes. <laughs> That's my joke. Um, but, you know, as I'm, I'm there and maybe leading horses in or I'm holding the tail for, you know, one of the vets and, you know, the whole time they're explaining what they're seeing on the ultrasound and, you know, what next steps are. I mean, it's great to learn that in the classroom. It is something completely different to be able to learn it, you know, out there while you're working. Um, but now, I mean, I'm sure horse country would have come to fruition in some way, uh, one way or another, but, you know, Dr. Fallon was an incredibly important piece of that um, and when I started in February Haggard along with several several of our members had stopped giving tours during COVID just to really focus on you know your, your main business practices it's hard during COVID to do a surgery let alone have 10 people watch you give a surgery um, and we got requests I started in February we got requests all the time when is Haggard coming back online you know we really want to come out for a tour and we fortunately this summer got restarted um and it's been i mean it's incredible the feedback that you get from people who come here again who just don't know like wouldn't know that something like haggard exists yes. you know um and that is just such a powerful thing again being able to really tell that full story of the care that goes into to our industry and for haggard to round that out for us is a, a phenomenal thing awesome yeah i agree because when you first come here you're like wow it's such a wow factor. Well, and even, you know, obviously there are many vets that work here, but there are tons of other staff that support that support Haggard, you know? Yeah. So it's it's not, you don't just have to be a vet to work here. There are many other jobs, even just here, let alone in the rest of the, the industry. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, we ask all of our guests, so here comes the hardest question, right? The, uh, what is your favorite story that you tell about your job or the industry? So is there something, is there something funny? Is there something that was truly impactful? You know, I think each of us kind of has a moment or a story to tell. Um, I'm getting a nod from a niece over here and there's some contemplation going <laughs> yeah, on in the like room from too uh, many stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Gosh, oh, this, this is really one of the most amazing, uh, stories that I have to illustrate what a small world the industry is. I mean, the whole world is small, let's be real, but when you're in horse racing, it is a very small world. So when I was, I went to, did my undergrad at North Dakota State University and minored in Spanish. So I studied abroad in Chile uh, because I was very passionate about South American racing and being able to combine my love of Spanish with my love for the thoroughbred industry. So I definitely picked where I studied abroad based on what uh, university had the closest racetrack. So I was in Viña del Mar, Chile, 
uh, and the racetrack. My university sat at the top of a hill, and I could look down and watch the horses train on the track in the morning. Oh, wow. So while some students who were studying abroad were very focused on going out to party and, you know, making friends with other students... There's Anise over here like, yeah, I'm going to the racetrack on this Wednesday evening. (laughs) And so my first time to the track, I was wearing a hat that had a very distinct logo from a store that's based in Saratoga Springs. And this gentleman came up to me and said in in English, and I hadn't encountered many people at that point that spoke a lot of English, um, I know that store. It's in Saratoga. I used to work in the track kitchen at Belmont in Saratoga. And he goes, you really need to meet my dad. Uh, And so he he leaves and he comes back over with this um, little old elderly gentleman whose nickname was Cuco. And so we started speaking in Spanish. And it turned out that Cuco used to work with one of my former bosses from the Saratoga Special when the two of them worked for Hall of Fame trainer P.G. Johnson. And he comes back up to uh, New York every summer just as his vacation to work as a groom at the racetrack in New York. So almost every summer in Saratoga, all of a sudden I'll hear, Ay, mijita! (laughs) I'll turn around and there's Kuko running towards me to give me a big hug. And his son, uh, Ivan, who is actually the original guy that I met, who introduced me to his dad, FaceTimed me the other day and goes, can you send a birthday message to my dad? His birthday's coming up, and it would mean a lot to him if you would just do a little video saying happy birthday, and we're going to put it into a compilation of videos. So it's just such a special, you know, small experience that has just turned into this amazing ongoing relationship. I still talk to him regularly. He introduced me to countless people in Chile, including, you know, a current coworker of mine who I still work with. So... It's a small world. It's a very special place, and a lot of it is built on relationships. And the people are almost just as special as the horses. A lot of us, a lot of us, come for the horses to this industry, but I really think that the relationships that you develop within the racing community are really, really amazing. That is awesome. Now, see, you should have gone first. I definitely gone first. I'll, I'll just back her up on, on that in general, though. Like, I was just, you know, thinking through all of these. I mean, there are, like, a, a lot. None of them are that good or wholesome as I am. Because <laughs> Anise is just incredible. You guys should meet her in person. Definitely reach out uh, through Amplify Horse Racing. But just about how many friends now. Like, of course, I have some friends from home and in different capacities. But the majority of my friends work in the business. And that's not just because you know we see each other a lot for work like it's just it's just so true you're it's so right the horses brought us here is the people that keep us for sure you know one of mine when I started at Windstar in college I mean I really had very little education in the thoroughbred industry you know where I grew up with riding with saddlebreds I I did very little hands-on it was small stable I kind of showed and got legged up and did my lesson and left you know it wasn't a lot of real hands-on equine knowledge so I was you know, I, very, very little understanding. I mean, heck, I think on one tour I said that Summer Bird won the Preakness, which was just not true. We lost to Rachel Alexandra. So, you know, I had a fan, like, correct me on the tour. So, you know, I had my note cards. I, I had so much learning to do. Um, but, so, you know, Tis Now, who is still with Windstar, was kind of the main feature. And I remember, you know, the you start the tour with a general introduction and show his two Breeders' Cup races back-to-back. And that probably more than anything is why I'm here today. I mean, those races were phenomenal. The stories about them were amazing. And then the coolest part is you'd look out the glass doors and he'd be standing right there. And that, it was just amazing. I loved the horse, so much personality. I'd, you know, I'd go early before the tours would show up and just like hang outside of his stall, you know, like a weird little horse girl, um, but just loved it. And, um, you know, when I left to go do America's Best Racing, I had originally planned to be there through the rest of my uh, senior my last senior semester so it was you know I made a lot of friends there it had been incredible work and uh, they had a little going away party for me at the stallion barn and the the stallion manager uh, Larry McGinnis who is a wonderful guy he said hey come here you know he was being really gruff he wasn't you know I think he maybe gave me a hug but he he let me go in the stall with Tiz now and take his halter off and take it home with me that makes me want to cry I mean like literally I'm getting emotional thinking about it I cried like a baby 
fortunately he did it at the end. So I wasn't crying in all of the pictures from then, but just again, just reinforcing like those are still some very good friends of mine. I mean, one of the girls who was, uh, had a marketing job there now works down in Australia and, and does a you know, phenomenal job. Some people are still at Windstar. Others have, have gone on to different places. Um, so again, I mean, the special thing was getting to take home the halter, but just the fact that, you know, we had a little party and left and yeah. really in reflecting here today, like given those tours is, I, you know, if I'd gone on to do something else, I don't know if I'd still be in this industry, but like having the opportunity to share our industry with other people and be proud of what we talk about and showing off the care that, you know, the majority of these horses receive was really, really special. Yeah. And it's still the only halter that I have. I actually like refuse to get another one. <laughs> I don't want to like, I don't want to buy one from a, a silent auction. If I can't walk into the stall and take it off his head, it's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> We've been spoiled. Yes, We've it's just been spoiled. It's so true. Oh, well, I mean, I I don't know how you can top either one of those stories, but, uh, you know, if the listeners could just be here and see just the the passion, I hope you hear it. Um, Central Kentucky is a special place. The horse industry is such a special family. And, you know, again, thanks to Haggard for, for doing this and putting the effort forth and having us all come together to share these stories and the encouragement to get involved and to be a part of Haggard and equine and the industry. Let's make sure that our listeners know how to reach you and where to go. Um, how about Amplify? We'll start with the website. It is Amplify Horse Racing. Dot org. We're most active on social media, so we're on Twitter at Amplify Racing, and then on Facebook and Instagram at Amplify Horse Racing. We have a YouTube page where a lot of our uh, various virtual programs have been recorded and are housed. You can check out the Amplify Horse Racing podcast on your podcasting platform of choice. And then once a month, I host a virtual horse racing hangout, which is live streamed over our social media platform. So that's a live conversation with an industry professional or a panel of professionals about their journey into their career. And then listeners can actually send in questions and comments live. We can bring them up on the screen so they can engage. And I think that covers it. And send me an email at info at amplifyhorseracing.org. Awesome. So uh, listeners, don't hesitate to connect with Amplify on social media and, of course, the podcast. So thank you. And on to horse country. Well, I'll give a little Amplify plug as well. I mean, I know going into next year between the mentorship program and uh, and some tours and things, like definitely keep up with them on social media because there's going to be so many exciting things happening in 2023. Uh, For horse country, uh, our website is the place to be. It's uh, www.visithorsecountry.com. Um, We have a lot of great content. Again, you know, trying to always build that up, but that's where you can go to book a tour. So many of our members do have regular offerings that are available that you can search through, you know, use some of the filters uh, on our website to find the tour that best suits you. Uh, And of course, if you have a bigger group or maybe you're not finding what you want, um, you can always reach out to us. We have a phenomenal customer service team. Um, The email is info at visithorsecountry.com. Our phone number is, is listed on the website as well and we'll do our best um, to accommodate you or if you have questions about where you think you should go um, hopefully we'll be working with Amplify going forward on on some of those educational tours we're always open to engaging with educational groups as best as we can so please don't hesitate to reach out Um, we are also all over social media our instagram page is probably if you want just really good content that's where that mostly lives and we're at visit horse country we're also on facebook and twitter as well I think on Twitter, we're at Kentucky Horse Country, uh, but on Facebook, we're also at Visit Horse Country. So, you know, leave us a comment, share a post. Horse Country has the best feel-good social media content and the best full photos. So for anybody who needs a bit of that in their life. Ladies, I, uh, I said this at the beginning, we could spend hours here. The three of us, I think, could just really fill hours worth of, of a chat. Um, that's not 
what we what they want us to do today so i know that i need to wrap it up uh hopefully we will have you back in future episodes i'm your host jody lynch finley speaker coach and now podcaster and i want to give a huge thank you to our two very special guests today hallie hardy with horse country and also anise mount pleasure with amplify horse racing uh guys this is incredible and i hope you enjoyed this episode today as much as i have so with that we'll say cheers to the spirit of haggard cheers Cheers.